Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's poppin' Fantasy Champs? Welcome to a fine Wednesday afternoon, or morning, or whenever you're listening to this. Hey, it might not even be Wednesday. It might be another day of the week. But uh, this is the day we launched it, so I'm going to say Wednesday. Whenever you're listening. Whenever you're listening. Uh, so welcome on in. My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me, as always. What's poppin' Ricardo? What's going on? Um, the NFL season is fast approaching, and I'm very excited about that. Um, it is. On- on this episode of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast, we have QB slash tight end breakouts. So breakout quarterbacks and breakout tight ends. We got the whole gamut of breakouts on this one. I believe we already talked about breakout wide receivers. Is that correct? Uh, did we? Yes. I think so. Yes, we did. Yeah, I think we did. So um, yeah. this will complete the breakouts grouping of episodes that we have. So now you know who we think are going to blow up over the next week or or, yeah, over the next week or so, we're going to start talking about bust players and guys who you probably should not be drafting uh, at this point. Um, Or maybe guys that uh, are going to bust early part of the season and and, and then you can go out and get them later. But um, before we do that, which is tomorrow, uh, we're going to talk about this final top breakout quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, before we do that, check out our website, fantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter, at the FF Champs, on Instagram, at the Fantasy Champions, Facebook, facebook.com, the Fantasy Champs, TikTok, you, at the FF Champs. Just go to the social media platforms, type the FF Champs or Fantasy Champions in, and you'll find us. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any other podcasting platforms, leave a review, share this podcast with your friends. And then if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. We're almost at 300 subscribers. It would be fantasmal if in the next four weeks you got us to four, uh, well, 400 would be nice, but 300 subscribers on YouTube before the season starts. Um, and then like and comment down below your breakout quarterback slash tight end for the season. Yeah. Dude, if you say Fantazzle, though, or whatever you said. Fantasmal. Uh, Fantazzle, yeah, I don't know. Fantazzle, you said. It's Fantasmal. Fantasmal. Fantasmal, yeah. yeah if you say that again, I don't think we're getting to that subscriber Seven. part. Okay, all right. It would be fantastic <laughs> if you... There we go. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about some breakout quarterback and tight ends. We'll start with the quarterbacks. We'll go into the tight ends. We're going to talk about four players today. Um, I believe me and Rick do have more quarterbacks, so we might have some honorable mentions in there, uh, more quarterback breakouts. But um, so, and, and this is the first time that we're really going to give you some insight into who we like at the tight end position this year. Um, mm. And so there's one guy that might be a little bit of a hotter take, I guess. It's a little bit of a hot take, um, but yeah. But we'll, we'll throw him in there. So let's start with the number one guy. We'll do the quarterbacks first and then go into the tight ends. We only have 25 to 29 minutes, so we'll try to squeeze it in there. Um, but we're going to start with Jalen Hurts, who is number the number one breakout quarterback that we have on this list. And... Hertz is an interesting conversation because th- this is a just like Kyle Pitts, this guy is a polarizing player uh, in the fantasy community. There's a lot of polarizing yeah. players. People who you know, they, people will fight anyone in the fantasy community. But when there's a player that may or may not be in the same vicinity 
opinion wise. Right. Like this is a Jonathan Taylor truthers. You're either a Jonathan Taylor truther or you're a guy who hates Jonathan Taylor. Can't can't be either way. Kyle Pitts people, same way. Jalen Hurts people, you either love them, you freaking hate them. Could go either way. So we're going to explain to you why, uh, not Kyle Pitts, why uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be a breakout quarterback. Now, there was some reports that, um, and I want to ask you, Rick, before we even start with this, uh, there were some reports surrounding the Eagles potentially getting Deshaun Watson in a trade. Um, They were very close to a deal or whatever. Uh, Since then, it's been like a week or so. Uh, and I do mm-hmm. not believe I've heard anything about that. I don't think the trade is actually going to happen. In fact, I think I heard one of the bigger um, media outlets report that that was uh, crap. Mm. So Yeah, I don't know. I think Hurts is going to stay an Eagle, but if a trade were to go down and Jalen Hurts okay. would leave the Philadelphia Eagles and end up in Houston and be the starter there, would that change your breakout feelings? Um, it. It's hard because like the his style of play and his rushing floor, it wouldn't really matter what team he's on as long as he's starting. Right. But Houston is so it is such a mess. I mean, it, they're so bad all the way around, and their coaching staff. Do you trust them, like to even use Jalen Hurts? Right. Right. I think if he went to Houston, it definitely would hurt. Just I, because Houston is a total. I would mess. agree. So I will. We will preface this by saying. Uh, yes, Jalen Hurts is a starting for the quarterback for the Eagles right now. If you're listening to this podcast mm-hmm. and it's the beginning of September and you're preparing for your draft and you're like, okay, I want to see some breakout guys and you happen to yeah. stumble upon this episode. Uh, currently, as we speak, Jalen Hurts is a Philadelphia Eagle. <laughs> so right. there right. you go. Um, so let's get the conversation started about Jalen Hurts. Um, I think clearly the, the elephant in the room is Jalen Hurts' is, uh, rushing upside. Um, in the games that he started this year, he had 18 carries, 11 carries, nine carries. So he literally averages about like 12 to 14 carries a game. Um, I think it'll be right around 10 this year if he starts the whole season. Um, but he has this big rushing floor where he gets like in the, in the starts as well. He averages right around like 60 something yards per carry. I mean, uh, wow. That's, that would be absolutely absurd. That would be uh, that's absurd. like Mike Vick, Mike Vick on Madden back in like 2004. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 60 yards a game. And uh, as you may know, at the quarterback position, if you're a four-point four touchdown league, uh, six extra points can mean the difference between uh, uh, a really good quarterback performance and a really not-so-great quarterback performance. Um, mm-hmm. And so like, if he's doing that six points a game, all he really needs is a base floor of 15 fantasy points to get him to a point where he's scoring 20 plus a game, which is kind of where I would want my quarterbacks, um, which is at 20 in a four point touchdown league, which is at 20 points per game. Um, mm-hmm. As far as the passing metrics are concerned in the three starts that he had, not including week 17, because week 17, I don't really know what happened to him. 74% snap percentage. They pulled him from the game. Uh, so we're just going to take that one out of there. But he was pacing out to um, 4,500 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and then he was uh, on pace for 203 rushing attempts and 1,269 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. So uh, altogether, a total of 32 touchdowns and over uh, 5,700 yards for this kid. Um, So even even just the 4,500 yards, 27 touchdowns, that's – that's like a that's like a QB fifteen performance, 
Right. And then you add in 1,200 rushing yards, and that puts him probably in the top five. Um, so, and yep. I'm curious, I'm going to pull this up on fantasy pros unless you already did it, but through weeks, yeah, I did 14 through 16. <laughs> I'll let you, yeah, he was QB three, QB three. Yikes. Mm-hmm. So Jalen hurts has this really large upside. And when you're talking about quarterbacks, where is he going? Ninth round? Yeah, he's going late. Uh, so when you talk about quarterbacks in the ninth, 10th, 11th round with upside to be top five quarterbacks. Um, mm-hmm. I really like that. Now, ninth round is a little bit. This is like the year Patrick Mahomes broke out. We all really weren't sure what we were going to get, and Mahomes was going in the ninth round. And I'm not saying this is going to be a similar situation to Jalen Hurts, um, because it most likely won't be, is what my right. guess would be. But, um, the point is, is that sometimes you have this ninth round quarterback that looks a little bit more risky on paper. You're not really sure if he can do. Uh, this big time performance that you saw over the course of these three games for a full season. Um, yep, yep. But he's still worth the value of drafting him. So as a ninth round pick, I just, I always gravitate towards rushing upside. And, and uh, according to these numbers too, over that course of time, he averaged 79 rushing yards a game, not 60. So uh, that is about eight fantasy points per game that you can get as a base floor. And if he is even remotely, decent at passing the football he could average 25 a game uh, at the quarterback position so i like his upside i think he has a really a really good shot of being a top six to seven quarterback in fantasy football um mm. possibly top five if, if the passing ends up being as good as we think it's going to be um but i'm excited to see what jalen hurt does this year and i definitely think he's going to be a qb1 yeah, I mean, you you touched on all the points again. You're you're big Jalen Hurts dial, guy. I should just dial it back am, sometimes because I always take all the points and then I leave you with I, the scrap. I I will say you are probably more of a Jalen Hurts guy than I am, but I still like him a lot, and I think his value is fantastic. I mean, we're looking at those late round quarterbacks. What I've always said on this show, and I've said to you before, is like when I draft, I like to take. Um, I don't always do this, but if the opportunity is there, I'll do it. I'll take a young quarterback with upside. And a veteran, I think he's perfect for that. And he falls into that category where I can take him that late um, as that young quarterback with upside. And then maybe the next round or a round or two, I take a veteran mm-hmm. guy who I know will be at least stable for me. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's a perfect guy to, to, mm-hmm. to draft. And you made all the great points about him breaking out. I mean, he was phenomenal last year, fantasy-wise, um, mm-hmm. when he was starting. Uh, there was a little bit of passing concerns that he wasn't the best passer but we're not too worried about that fantasy wise as long as he's playing <laughs> but he was i mean he's, he's good enough <laughs> you know I, his problem was the completion percentage yeah he had 54 completion percentage um which is not good mm-hmm. uh through those few weeks i think combined yeah um so he was on pace for that 54 and he's gonna have to be better than that um right. but they also they added a few offensive linemen um they obviously drafted Devonte Smith, who I think could be huge. Um, they were college teammates. I'm not really the biggest Jalen Rieger guy anymore, so yeah. I think Devonte Smith helps him a lot there. Right. Um, he's still got Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Um, we're not too sure about this year, but at least could be decent for him. So he's he has weapons right. around him. He has the the opportunity, obviously, and as long as he runs like he did last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should be all over Jalen Hurts because he really does. It's rare to see a uh, quarterback go in like 
the 10th round that has top three potential. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Jalen Hurts really does. He also, um, I think, according to PFF, offensive line ranking, ranking for the Philadelphia Eagles is number 13 in the NFL. So, um, well, I think it's better than what it was last year. Yeah, better than what it was last year. And they're a higher higher rated offensive line this year than most. So that's a good that's good news for Jalen Hurts. It's going to ha- give him time in the pocket to be able to do what he needs to do, whether it's rushing or passing. Yeah. Um, and then you also have the fact that he uh, currently, the I think it's a middle of the pack as well for his um, schedule for this season, strength of schedule, which is about which isn't 14th, bad. That's I believe. Fine. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got a lot of good things to obviously say about him. Um, I think, like Rick said, the biggest concern is probably going to be that completion percentage. And if it stays at that 54% um, or 52% on the season, on uh, the games I paced out, it was 54%. So is it going to stay at 54 55% or is it going to go up to 60%, which I think is a good window for him? He has to show that improvement. Otherwise, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be like, oh, my God, Jalen Hurts. I, I think that he is kind of walking a tightrope with Philly. Um, Considering all the reports that I heard about him possibly not, um, him possibly not being the starting quarterback next year. And they were talking about drafting, you know, Justin Fields and other people mm-hmm. in the NFL draft. So, <clears throat> excuse me. But I think that there's a good shot that Jalen Hurts is going to be fine and will be good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to the next guy, Joe Burrow. Lots of really bad things coming out of camp about Joe Burrow. And it made me and Rick sort of hesitant to put him on this list. And it's hard because ACL injuries are not easy to come back from for any position. Quarterbacks, um, it depends on what leg it's on usually a front leg when you tear your ACL and then there's problems all season with you you know trying to get used to or having this mental uh situation in your head where you're going to get hit and you're trying to kick your leg out of the way to make sure you don't get hurt so it messes up your footwork you don't have the same throwing power you're not stepping up in the pocket anymore so there's a lot of questions about whether or not Joe Burrow is going to be able to break out this year um and I might be putting him on this list one year too early but I'm all right with that so, yeah, uh, the I will say um, the stuff in training camp has been not good. Um, yeah. A report from Jay Morrison and Paul Denner uh, said that the Bengals, Bengals offense guys. is turning. What'd you say? Are those Bengals beat guys? Uh, they're they work for the athletic. OK, I wish they were Bengals beat guys because those guys know what they're talking about. All I do is watch right. Patriots beat reporters. So I got an issue. Uh, but anyways, they said they said the offense is turning the ball over multiple times of practice. Uh, Bur- Burrow's struggles have been particularly noteworthy. They said, "quote throws that felt like a layup last year are dropping harmlessly away from receivers or being easily broken up by multiple defenders." So either the Bengals defense got better or Joe Burrow blows. <laughs> Which I don't think the Bengals defense got much better. They said the Bengals offensive line has also been a concern as usual. Um, (laughs) One of Burrow's better throws to Jamar Chase was only possible because Trey Hendricks slowed down on his way to the franchise quarterback. (laughs) Uh, It's the first week of August and Burrow is less than nine months removed from major knee surgery. There is no need to overreact this early, um, but 
the Bengals' ability to protect Joe Burrow has been a concern through the entire offseason. It will be all the more crucial or critical to provide a clean pocket for Burrow. Um, otherwise, especially if he's at less than peak form to begin the season. So that's kind of what they were saying. He's struggling with interceptions, inconsistencies in training camp. Um, Zach Taylor also said he's not going to play in the team's first preseason game, which is probably for the best. Yes, 100% for the best. Um, But apparently yesterday and the last couple days, he has had some really great practices to build off of. Which is a good sign. Very good sign. So I'm going to take the risk. And we'll just talk about Joe Burrow like he's going to break out. Sound good? Yeah, that's fine. Um, so <laughs> yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? I I was just going to say um like I also heard reports and I think you're the one that told me actually. Yeah. Um that he was kind of nervous about the leg. Yeah. It really seemed like he didn't want to get hit down there, which is mm-hmm. not a great sign at no, first. No. I mean, it's it's natural, it's very natural, but like initially like that's something that he will have to get over. Mm-hmm. Um like it's a mental thing. So until he does with that, that will, that will be a concern for him. But yeah, man, I mean, Burrow, we saw enough last year from him through like two weeks and we were like, okay, <laughs> he's, he's going to be a great, great quarterback. Yeah. Um, he was on pace last year and through 10 games to throw for 4,400 yards, 21 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Um, he had 65% completion percentage, five rushing touchdowns, like all these great things for rookie. Um, I think he was only QB 15 in that stretch, but that's only because he only had 12 passing touchdowns, which wasn't a lot. Um, but you add like Jamar chase, obviously to that offense and it, it's a major upgrade. So that number could go yeah. up. It's also year two for him. Um, the offensive line did get better. It's just a matter of, they went from dead last in the NFL to like, what? Probably like 29. Okay. So yeah, right now, I mean, it's probably, it's probably still line, right? five. Yep. Okay. Uh, hold on. All right. So they moved up a little bit. Yeah, because I think they were dead last last season. Cincinnati I mean, is they, they twenty five. There you go. Still yeah, bottom okay, ten. Okay. Still bottom ten, but it's much better than thirty two. Right. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. That's seven spots up. So that is fair, my friend. Um. So there there is improvements there, and and maybe that could be the difference they need from going from 32 to 25 without offensive line, just be a little better. Just give them a, a half yeah. second, you know, <laughs> just give them a little bit more time. But um, yeah, he also has it. Joe Mixon back and fully healthy. Um, so I think there, there's a lot of things to like about Burrow. That offense, I think ha- if everyone's healthy and they're clicking, um, it could be like the Cowboys of the AFC. Like they could really be an electric yeah. offense. They have they have a um, lot of really great offensive weapons, and I think exactly in the yep. past we've talked about breakout quarterbacks. You know, not similar to like a Jalen Hurts. Like when we were talking about Lamar Jackson, we weren't talking about his weapons. We were talking about his rushing upside. Yeah. Right. When we said he was yep. going to break out. Yep. It's the same thing with Jalen Hurts. Like you see him in that same conversation. Joe Burrow is a different conversation because he doesn't provide, he provides a decent like rushing floor. And it's, I think it's roughly like, I want to say one and a half to two fantasy points a game that he provides as a rushing floor. Um, And he also had five rushing touchdowns if he paced out the season to a full 16, which I'll get to those numbers in a second. But for him, I think it's going to be, the offensive weapons around him, right? If Patrick Mahomes got dropped into a situation like, um, like Detroit when he first started playing, 
I feel like it would be a lot harder for him to have success considering that, or let's say Houston. Houston's probably a better example. <laughs> there's no yep. offensive weapons there. The offensive line really isn't that great, and and there's problems there. And so it's like for a rookie to develop in a bad offensive system, it's really hard. Um, and a bad, you know, with a guy's with an offense that doesn't have a lot of talent. So for Joe Burrow, this offense is loaded with talent. Like, you have Joe Mixon, like Rick said. You have T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and your offensive line is not the worst in the NFL anymore. It's just top 10 worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, you, and you have Joe Burrow, who's a really talented quarterback. I think that offense is going to be good. Hopefully the offensive line can make some sizable, approve, sizable improvements. Some of those first round picks they got on that offensive line, they can start to improve and be better offensive linemen than they've been Ugh. in the past. And I think you'll end up seeing Joe Burrow benefit from that because of the weapons. I remember when we all went loopy over Baker Mayfield getting all these weapons and he was going to be a top 10 quarterback, right? Yeah. That obviously wasn't the case, but why can't we do that with Joe Burrow when he is probably a significantly more talented quarterback than Baker Mayfield? You know, we got a lot of hate for that one. Yeah, I mean, it's true. <laughs> um, Am I wrong? <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't use the word significantly, but okay. I do think Burrow is a little more talented. Than but if I had so, when you look at the paced out numbers in his rookie season, though, he was he was not too far off from what Justin Herbert was doing. Um, he, he was pacing out to 4,300 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He had 59 rush attempts on the season and 227 rushing yards on five touchdowns. So he had 26 total touchdowns and, uh, 4,500 total yards. And I think those are good numbers for Joe Burrow. And it's enough for him to build on going into 2022, um, or 2021, I should say, um, and we'll see what he can do. I just, I do think that ACL is going to be a concern and we'll see how it affects him. You got to watch that situation. Like, watch the preseason game. Make sure he's good because he might very well come on this, come off this list for Tua Tonga Vailoa. He's not going to play in this preseason week, like you said, but he hopefully will play at some point. But just keep an eye on this. We have a substitute. (laughs) We have a substitute. Yeah, we we do have a substitute, Tua, if you want to know what it is. Uh, We're not going to go into that. But uh, let's move on to the tight ends. Um, We don't have any time to talk about tight ends. So, two minutes each. (laughs) On each player. Okay. Okay. I don't have a lot to say about the first one. So, <laughs> okay. Um, so Dallas Goddard is the first guy on the list. Um, I absolutely, I don't know. I'm indifferent on Dallas Goddard, to be honest with you. I really like him, but I think that there is some, he's clearly going to be the Eagles number one. And I hate to put another Eagle on this list. My word. Okay. Um, but I it know. feels like, it feels like at this point, they're moving away from Zach Ertz and to mm-hmm. Dallas Goddard. And I'm not sure what they're going to do with Zach Ertz, but it, it's interesting to see this whole situation where everyone's expecting Dallas Goddard to become the number one tight end and Zach Ertz is still there. So we'll see if they get rid of Zach Ertz or move on from him. Um, you look at the offensive weapons in the Eagles system, and I've said this before, like you have to be a top two, maybe top three option in the offense in order to do that. I think right now the Eagles are... Jalen Rieger is probably behind Dallas Goddard at this point. So I would say Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. And Dallas Goddard might be number one. Mm-hmm. So to me, I look at I look at Goddard and I think, even though his he's he's at a pricey ADP in the seventh and eighth round, but I feel like I feel really good with Dallas Goddard having a breakout season because I think that the target share is going to be there for him. And I think that you're going to see a similar like 
Um, I think we projected like Waller have a breakout and he ended up in the top five. And then the following season, he went out and had, you know, a, a top two or three performance last year. Yep. And so I think you're going to see that ascension for Dallas Goddard in the next year to two years where he's going to end up in that conversation. Like Zach Ertz, Zach Ertz was two years ago in this big three. Um, right. I did, you and know. I, so I really like Dallas Goddard. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair. Um, He's a good player. I'm a, I'm definitely a little more down on him. Yeah, but it's it's not really his fault. Like I think he is a good player. I I like the fact that Zach Ertz is kind of out of the picture now. He's probably to start the year going to be the number one target yeah. in that offense. Um, I think maybe Devonte Smith eventually overtakes him. Um, he will eventually. It's just a matter of when. Yeah. Uh, and Jalen Rieger is still there. So those those three guys will really be the top guys. But at first, he's probably the top option yeah. for that team. So that's good. And the Eagles, even with Jalen Hurts, threw the ball a decent amount last year. So he has that going for him. Um, yeah. At his spot, like a lot of tight ends are kind of just like, eh. So yeah. with his upside, I yeah. think he's probably the best guy to take in that range um, with that kind of breakout potential. Um so yeah, I, I like Goddard. I, I believe in the talent, and I think a lot of times when when you're stuck between who to take and like, is this guy gonna break out? I mm-hmm. I think it's a good tiebreaker to be like, okay, do you believe in the player? And I believe in Dallas Goddard. So right, I also think seventh eighth round is still too early for me to draft a tight end. So I don't know how many leagues I'm gonna end up getting him in. Yeah, but I definitely think he's gonna go from being you know I think right now he's like the tenth tight end off the board or something like that to you know, maybe top five this year um, right. in terms of what he's going to do. So I think he's definitely going to have a breakout season, end up being a really good tight end, um, and he's got good options. The second guy that we have okay. is Adam Trotman. Uh, this is an interesting one because I'm not saying Adam Trotman has this absurd upside. Yeah, I'm not saying he's top tight, top five tight end. Yeah, right? we're not saying That's he's going to be top five tight end. But right now, according to Fantasy Pros, his ADP is um, 192 overall. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's like undrafted, basically. Um, mm-hmm. eh, and Sleeper, he's not going undrafted. <laughs> he's going in like the 13th round. But these are the guys that I like to target later in the draft um, that we're going to try to build upon for the season. Like I've, I've done this with last year. I did it with Hawk the year before I did it with Waller the year before I did it with, um, I don't even remember who it was the year before the year before, but or Kittle, I think broke out the year before that. And so it's like, you see these guys get drafted later and later in the draft and they have this breakout season. Now for the saints, we go on this whole, what's the, what's the, where is he on the target list for this offense? Where are they looking? Um, yeah. And Kamara is probably their best weapon and their best receiver uh-huh. at this point. And uh-huh. uh, you have Traquan Smith at wide receiver one, Trotman at tight end one. And so I, yeah. I, I, I feel like it's really hard for him not to be in the top two conversation because I don't think yeah, the I'd- second wide receiver is going to be all that much of a massive threat to that situation. And the only thing, other thing that I wanted to add to this conversation was that last year you had Jared Cook um, – he ended up as the tight end 17 on the season, but there was a stretch of time that he was like top 10 or something like that. Yeah. So he missed I, a few games. I think that, I think that you're going to see uh, a high, like I think Jared cook at 108 fantasy points. I think you're going to see him right around like 140 Adam Trotman possibly oh. in his breakout 
Uh, he'll be somewhere between 120 and 140, I think. Yeah, but I think he. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I think he finishes like the Zoom or, calls, man. Um, the pause on the Zoom. I literally start talking, and then you like start talking exact same time. Freaking drives me crazy. I know, I know. It's it's tough. But uh, I think Trotman's ranked like tight end, like 19, 18. Yeah. Um, I've seen him be, be like the tight end 20 off boards. Mm-hmm. And this is what, I, what I'm saying with a breakout. I think he could be like a top 12 tight end yeah. um, this year. And Michael Thomas is out the first five weeks. I think, as you said, Traquan Smith is probably – Kamara is obviously the number one guy. But when mm-hmm. it comes to the, the guy who's going to be second in targets in those mm-hmm. first few weeks, Traquan Smith is his highest competition. And I think he's capable of – at least being at getting the same amount as targets as Traquan Smith, if not getting more, like he, he can right. compete with a guy like Traquan Smith. Um, right. And if Winston's a starter, he's obviously going to sling it. But even if it's Taysom Hill mm-hmm. um, in the games that he started, the team threw the ball 16 times the first time. So yeah. it wasn't a lot. Um, actually it was 23, 16, but then 37, um, right. 37, 38. I think he did he start four games or was it three? I can't remember. I think it was four. If it was the four, so two games where he threw 37 and 38 times. So if he throws the ball that many times, Trumpman's going to get targets. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the Saints just last year with Drew Brees mm-hmm. and, and Taysom Mills, so two guys that um, really didn't throw the ball down the field much, they still threw the ball a decent amount 31, yeah. 38, 36, 25, 48, 37, 41, 35, 23, 23, 16, 37, 38, 34, 28, 32. So pretty much consistently around 30 or over 30 right. times they threw the ball only a couple times underneath 30. Um, so if Winston's there throwing the ball 30 plus times mm-hmm. and s- just slinging it like Trotman, Trotman's going to get some work. Yeah, definitely. Um, they drafted him in the third round. So the draft capital in the 2020 draft that they put on Adam Trotman was, was pretty high. He was, um, wasn't he like the third tight end? Second or third tight end? Yeah, off I think the board? he was second or third tight end off the Cole board. Cole Komet I know was first. I don't know who was after him though it might have been Traman. yeah he was in that range but least. yeah so i mean i think for me this is obviously a more risky conversation with Traman. oh absolutely for but us, it is for but us it isn't saying breakouts <laughs> but when you're talking right. about a guy in the 15th round he's exactly you're spending your last round pick on him. it's not really risk right and you're so that's it. that's where i'm like if you're between rounds 13 and 15 excuse me sneezing right um, if he's between rounds Plus thirteen you. and fifteen, I would say that you you grab him and then hope he breaks out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And and it's like you don't have to start him week one. You really don't. Um, you can go out and stream a guy that you have more faith in week one. And then if Trotman goes out and has a freaking bomb week one and he just gets ten targets and seven catches, and you're like, what the crap happened here? Uh, you know that could be something that goes into it. Um. So I think the value that you're getting back from Trotman is probably, he's probably going to exceed that. Um, I'm curious to see how much target share they do end up sending his way. This is what, like I said, more risky for me and Rick to put him on the list because there's other guys that (laughs) people will put on there like Irv Smith Jr., which I, I continually don't understand. It's because the hype from before the coaching staff of the Vikings started. I got him in, well, actually I think I traded him in a dynasty. Frick me. Yeah, I mean, Trotman's definitely risky for us, yeah. but at the same time, is it really? We're telling you he's the yeah, he's where he's ranked by other people. All we're saying is he is valued right now so low with someone who could very right. possibly finish as a tight end one. Right. Low tight end one, but possible. Are there any other 
as we finish the show, is there are there any other tight ends that you wanted to mention as possible breakouts? Um, yeah, I I know before the show we did talk about Cole Komet a little bit. I think mm-hmm. he's someone who you could look out for. Yeah. But um, Jimmy Graham is still there. There's a, the mm-hmm. Daryl Mooney, Allen Robinson, Tree Cohen, Darnell. What did I say? Daryl. Oh, Every Mooney. time you say Darnell Mooney's <laughs> name, you say Daryl Mooney. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he has a lot of competition. Yeah. So Komet might be a breakout next year, um, but yeah. he's someone who you should keep your eye on at least for this year. Yeah, I mean, I think for me too, There's I, I've kind of been at first, I was off the New England tight ends, and I just, the more I watch... Patriots training camp and the more I see what's going on there right. they are the two main targets in the, offense. the train say it again joining the train let's go yeah I, I like Janu and Hunter Henry um but I'm not sure if I can take the leap yet there um Fair. on those guys just because I don't I, know honestly I don't know, how much, like, I don't know how much target share is going to be there and the other thing is is there correct. needs to be touchdown upside so and that's my concern too with Travis. Those are kind of like bit. two very important things. Right, right, exactly. Um, so yeah, as far as breakouts, I mean this year there really isn't outside of Trotman, Komet, Irv Smith, um I, I don't see any tight ends that I can look at and go a definitive like have a conversation and be like, Oh, this guy is a yeah. definitive breakout tight end this year. I mean, last year I believe TJ Hawkinson, Noah Font, and Mike Asecki and Dallas Goddard. Yeah. All like four of those guys were outside like the top ten right. in ranking wise for tight ends. And we, we liked all four of those guys. So there isn't quite that level, like you said, this year. Yeah, I do think the I do think I like the New England tight ends. I think one of them will be good. Um I don't know if both of them will fantasy wise. Yeah. Uh and I've said Hunter Henry, you've said Johnny, but I it really could go either. I like the more I've watched, Johnny looks insane. So like it could very easily be Johnny. And honestly, um, if, if Mac plays it could be hmm. a it could be very similar to a Gronk Aaron Hernandez Correct. situation. Then maybe both guys. Right. But Mac would have to play and play well. For yeah, that yeah no, I 100% agree with that. Um uh, cuz they don't have any other target share in New England and and those are the only other two guys that like stand out to me as far as and Hunter Henry's already broke out, so we can't even talk about him as a breakout. So it's really Janu. Correct. And even Janu wasn't he was like tight end 2 through the first like 10 weeks last year. Yeah. So, so like, I, mean, I don't know where he there finished, is a but. plethora of guys a lot of the guys too that you would talk about as possible breakouts like some people are putting hawkinson even though i would say he probably already broke out yeah um, would you consider like robert tanyan tanyan was already kind of good kind of he, yeah he was like what tight end four last year yeah i mean you I could throw that. font on that list again but i'm not excited yeah. about denver um right so yeah it's just not a lot of options here there's not a lot of options at the tight end position for breakouts um so yeah, those are the guys that we got for you. If you yeah. if you like them, you hate them. I don't know, but quarterbacks are a lot easier. Oh, definitely. I, definitely. I I started grouping these quarterback and tight end shows together because I'm so tired of talking about quarter quarterbacks and tight ends separately. I'd rather sit here and discuss the <laughs> just do it in one show of life, yeah. running backs and wide receivers. Um, so thank you for listening to the show. Tomorrow we got top running back busts. We'll see you then. See you guys later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at TheFFChamps.